Welcome to History Books and Wine. We're your hosts, Lori Ann Bailey and Eliza Knight. We love sharing, so pour a glass of vino and let's dive into the past. Today, we're excited to have a guest joining us, Janice Daly. On this episode, we're going to talk about new women of the 20th century who were educated, career-minded, and independent, and in particular, women in the medical field. Welcome, Janice. Thank you. So much to be here today with you and Eliza and Lori. Excited to have you. We're very excited to have you, Yes. So before we dive into this intriguing episode, we always like to talk about what we're drinking. So Janice, why don't you tell us what you're having today? Well, I cannot have a discussion about the Unlocked Path without sipping on the Unlocked Dream, which is my signature cocktail I created to go with the book. Ooh, yummy. And the recipe is in my book club kit that's included on my website. So a little bit oh, that's of cool. Campari, ginger ale, Prosecco, orange slice, and cran- dried cranberries, because it uh, mirrors my character, who's a little bit sweet and a little bit tart. That's awesome. I love that. I am so impressed that you're yeah. able to make your own drink. Well, I know, right? <laughs> help from the younger generation in my family. <laughs> well, is that a reader guide on your website? It is. I have a full book club kit on my website. Okay, perfect. So we'll link to that in the show notes so that listeners can make the drink. That would be great. Well, today I'm having a red blend. It's uh, called The Arsonist. And I just picked this out because I liked the bottle. It's got this, um, this... um, scribbled guy. It's like doodles of this man. Um, he almost looks like Grecian or something, but he's holding his hand out and there's a flame in it. Oh, I like that. And this is uh, 52% Petit Verdot, 26% Malbec, and 22% Cabernet Sauvignon. So I think this one's going to be delicious. Yeah, I think it's going to be very delicious. I am having um, one of the little wines. So in December, Lori and I bought this box. Each of us bought a box of the Costco, um, what is it called? Advent calendar, but it was like a wine box, one bottle of wine for every day of the month. But I've been slowly working through it all year so that I can work my way up to the next December's box. (laughs) Love it. That is funny because I had a friend text yesterday or maybe it was two days ago and said there is already Christmas stuff in Costco. Ooh, so we'll have I to didn't check ask it her about the box, but, we'll have but to you look. need to finish that in time so we can get I the will. next one. I will. So this one's called Little Diddy and it's a Macabio and it's from Spain and the uh, label has a cute little like bird on it playing a guitar. <laughs> so it's just cute. So I'm excited for this one. Well, Janice, today we're going to chat about your book, The Unlocked Path. Can you start us off by telling our listeners what your book is about? Absolutely. Thank you, Lori. So The Unlocked Path is historical fiction, women's historical fiction, and focuses primarily on early women doctors. So at the turn of the 20th century, at a time when only about 5% of our doctors in the United States were women, Uh, These were 
believe in pioneering women who attended a women's medical college in Pennsylvania and of course had many struggles as they tried to enter a, a brand new career field um, for themselves and with that desire to, to treat and serve and care for primarily other mm-hmm. women. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So in your book, uh, you dive into the life of a young woman who's determined to make her way in the medical career that was typically held by men during that time period. What inspired you to write Eliza Edwards' story? And is she based on a real person? Um, So Eliza Edwards is a composite character. So she was inspired by all the research that I did, uh, primarily at Drexel University. They have the archives of the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania. And I, it's, it's pretty funny. I was not ever intending to set out to write a book or a novel. I've never aspired to be an author. But now that I've got the bug, yeah. I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, but I came across the story of, uh, or the facts about this Women's Medical College in Pennsylvania through genealogy mm-hmm. research that my great-great-grandfather in 1850, he was a a lawyer and judge in Philadelphia, and he was involved with the founders of this women's medical college. And I said, that's amazing. And these women's stories need to be told. I had never heard of these early women doctors. So I decided to write a book about them. (laughs) I love that. And how cool that it stems from someone in your family Uh, That's really awesome. I love when we can find stories like that in our past. Yeah. 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 It's amazing what you might find. You may not always be proud of what you find, but... Eliza and I love genealogy. So this is right up our alley. We definitely do. So what sort of research did you do to dig into what medical school and medical practice would have been like in the early 20th century And how would it have been different for a man versus a woman? So a lot of research, you know, anybody that's working in the historical fiction genre, you you need to get your facts straight. You don't want readers to uh, call you out on anything. So a lot of research. I was fortunate. There were a couple of nonfiction books out about uh, women in medicine at the time. Um, Drexel University, again, that has all the archives. I was able to go there for a full Mm -hmm. day and they pulled out grade reports and correspondence and, um, you know, annual reports. So that was amazing. And then, you know, I was coming across a lot of issues that are still relevant today. And apparently, you know, a lot of women doctors are still facing, you know, in terms of sexism in the workplace and um, lack of trust or Mm -hmm. confidence in their abilities. Mm -hmm. So I interviewed current women um, medical Mm -hmm. students um, to see what they were facing, Mm -hmm. because unfortunately there are still those same issues at play. Um, And I did have a full beta read by the executive director of the American Women's Medical Association, Dr. Eliza Chin. So she was able to, you know, confirm, validate, tell me where I needed to change a few things um, to make sure I was being authentic to the experience of these women doctors. Oh, that's cool. It really is. So your book covers the influenza pandemic of 1918. And we're curious, did you write this book before or after our recent pandemic? And what, if anything, did you notice in similarity between the two? 
Yeah, it was it was kind of a surreal moment. I I finished the full manuscript in December 2019, um, so it was polished. It was ready to go out to to agents or publishers, um, and you know while I was kind of in the the query trenches, if you will, in, in early 2020, of course, boom, I am now living. <laughs> What my characters were living during the Spanish flu, so I I did go back and and edit the chapters that I already had in there about the Spanish flu, and I brought forward, you know, more of that emotional response that we can do with fiction, historical fiction, because I we'd watch every day, you know, on the television, the news reports of our medical professionals coming home and and. Quarantine in the garage or the basement. They didn't want to go near their families, and, and the plexiglass separating them from their families, um, and just the utter exhaustion and and fear that we saw in their eyes. Uh, so I, I did go back and edit that chapter and, and brought forward some of those emotions for my main character, who was you know a, a woman doctor at the time of the Spanish flu. Yeah, you did a really good job with that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So your character, Eliza, is living during a time in history with a lot of major incidents. Women's suffrage, World War One, the sinking of the Titanic, the pandemic, which you, seem, you seamlessly wove into her story, managing to keep the focus on her journey. What sort of preparation did it take to make that happen? Well, I, I chose to set the book during that time period, 1897 to 1920, because I was always just amazed at the amount of history that happened um, in that 20-year period. So I was able to use the events that you mentioned um, as anchors for the plot and, and drive the story forward of how would my characters, you know, as an everyday citizen, react to what was going on around them. Um, you know, personally, living in Philadelphia, the worst hit city of the Spanish flu. Um, even, you know, the Titanic sinking. You know, how did that rock the confidence, actually, of people that, that something so magnificent could, could be destroyed? And, of course, World War One and the suffrage movement. That was all going on. So I, I used those events as anchors. And then how did it affect my characters and what was their response to those events as well. That was awesome. So your scenery descriptions in the book are really vivid and really make the whole story come alive. Were you able to travel for your research and walk in the footsteps of your characters? So yes, I was very fortunate. Um, So the first half of the book or a little bit more than half is set in Philadelphia. And um, I did try Although I lived in Philadelphia area for three years, it was well before I was writing the book. So I did go back down to go to Draxel, but also to to walk Philadelphia, to walk where my character would have lived and where, um, you know, people would go to eat. McGillan's Ale House is still there right off of Rittenhouse Square, which is an old Irish pub. Uh, so and and the, the wonderful squares and, and plazas in Philadelphia, and then we move for a brief interlude to Newport, Rhode Island, 
And uh, I live in Massachusetts, so that was easy to uh, to go back down there and visit some of those magnificent mansions. And then I've lived all my life in Massachusetts, grown up outside of Boston. Um, so I, I know Boston well, but I did want to go and walk with a new perspective, um, putting myself into my character shoes and, and what would she have seen walking through the Boston Garden or the Boston Commons in you know 1912 1914 yeah that's so fun i love that i love doing that too so thank you so much for sharing your fascinating answers before we get into the next stage of our show which is one of our favorites three fun facts we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors hello there history books and wine lovers your host eliza knight here As you know, one of the reasons Lori and I started this podcast was our love of wine, history, and books. And guess what? I'm not just a podcast host. I'm an author, too. My latest historical fiction novel, starring Adela Stare, delves into the life of Adela Stare, who served up smiles and love both on and off the stage, with and without her also-famous brother, Fred Astaire, along with a determined young dancer with rags-to-riches dreams. Booklist Reviews says starring Adela Stair has inviting characters inhabiting a richly described environment. The novel follows two women as they fall in love, survive terrible losses, and eventually find a way to stand on their own two feet. An intriguing piece of historical fiction that will engage readers and bring to light a rapidly changing world through the eyes of an early 20th century star. American Dancer Magazine says that I am a master of my craft, that I have captured Fred Astaire's work ethic, Adele's happy-go-lucky attitude, and the world happenings around their love of dance, rise to international fame, separation, and family lives. The reviewer also says, I've expertly intertwined history and fiction to bring to life the forgotten, enchanting performer who captured the American and European hearts before finding love and moving on to a lavish but difficult life that was completely affected by World War II. I am confident that you too will love starring Adele Astaire, and I do hope you enjoy the book. Visit my website, elizanight.com, for more details. Hi there, History Books and Wine listeners. Thanks for tuning in to our show. I'm one of your hosts, Lori Ann Bailey. Not only am I a podcaster, but I also write sweeping historical romances that will take you back in time and whisk you away on an adventure with action, intrigue, suspense, warring clans, tested loyalties, and love conquering all. My Highland Pride series follows the Cameron clan in 17th century Highlands when Scotland was fighting for their independence and honor and family were prized above all. Highland Deception, the first novel in the five book series, won the National Reader's Choice Award and Holt Medallion for best first book and best historical. The entire Highland Pride series is available in print, ebook, or audio. For more information on how you can be swept away on my hero and heroine's journeys of growth 
and discovering their destinies in historic Scotland, visit my website at laurieannbailey.com. And we're back. So Janice, why don't you tell us three fun facts you learned during the research for this book? So, of course, uh, lots of lots of research that went in and a lot of things that didn't make it into the pages of the book. You know, as historical fiction authors, you know, we, we always love yeah. <laughs> driving our own inner historical nerd. Yes. Um, but one that I did bring in that I, I thought was pretty cool was um, learning about the use of chloroform for child oh, really? for, for uh, birth. And... It really became popular when Queen Victoria was delivering her eighth Mm. child and agreed to having chloroform to help ease her a little bit through that number eight. And uh, so any of us that have um, ever (laughs) had or begged for an epidural twice, um, (laughs) I think we can probably thank (laughs) Queen Victoria for allowing modern medicine um, to to help us. So uh, so, so that was cool. Um, During the Spanish flu, you know, lots of um, homemade remedies or prevention, um, you know, devices were being used to try to stop the spread of the germ. And can you just imagine seeing children walking around the streets with strands and, and uh, necklaces of raw garlic around no. their necks so that their mothers would put the raw garlic, <laughs> um, thinking that was going to ward off the germs. Yikes. And um, <laughs> Yeah. 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 So a, yeah. a lot of these Not little... just for vampires anymore. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, so just a, a lot of medical tidbits. The other one, and, and I did throw this into the book because I thought it was amusing, was... Um, the use of Miss Lydia Pinkham's vegetable Ooh. compound to, you know, as a remedy for all your womanly complaints. <laughs> um, I, when I was Google searching it a little bit further, it's still on the oh, market wow. if anyone is looking for it. However, <laughs> they have decreased the alcohol content of originally it was 20% <laughs> down oh my to 10%. Gosh. So um, it's medicinal <laughs> they, purposes. They ruined it. No, have, <laughs> yeah, they ruined it. <laughs> but now you can get it off of Amazon instead of Drizzly. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh. Well, thank you yeah, so much for awesome. sharing your facts. Um, is there... Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your book, The Unlocked Path? Um, Well, you know, I've I've been really thrilled with the response it's getting. Um, It's been out just over a year. Um, Have connected with book clubs across the country over Zoom or in person. So book clubs are loving it. And um, the first thing book clubs are asking is, well, it goes up until 1920, just as the main character is really getting started in her career. What's hmm. next? Well, this is oh, sequel. Oh, yay. In That's the awesome. And oh, I am uh, <laughs> hoping and projecting a publication date of next September 2024 that will pick my characters up in 1936 and travel through the Depression into uh, the World War II era. And what does World War II look like on the home front? And what does it look for women? And what does it look for, you know, the medical profession um, during those, you know, huge historical events as well? 
Very cool. Well, I can't wait to read that. So we are writers, but we're also readers, and we love to know what our uh, guest authors are reading. Yeah, I know. I I love to read, too, and uh, it pains me when I pull myself away from my writing, but I, I like to get reading done too, to be yeah. inspired also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always have at least two books going because I really read in all formats. Mm-hmm. So fasten mm-hmm. um, in my hands, whether it's a, an ebook or a hardback or a paperback, uh, right now I'm reading um, a nonfiction, which is writing, A Whaler at Twilight which has some genealogy Mm. background too. It's by Alexander Brash, who discovers journals and logbooks from his great-great-grandfather, who was on a whaling ship in the 1850s for 10 years, sailing around the South Pacific Mm. um, whaling. So so that's what's in my hands. And then on my ears, uh, when I'm driving, I do audio books, and I'm just queuing up Crow Mary, by Kathleen Grissom. Um, some of yeah. you may know her name from um, The Kitchen House. Mm. And uh, I'll be reviewing that one for consideration of my March um, list of 31 titles, women mm-hmm. in history list that I'm putting together. Very cool. Very nice. And we, we love audiobooks. Yes, huge audiobook fans. Yes. Yeah. So where can uh, readers and our listeners find you? So, um, so my uh, website, which has the cocktail recipe as well, um, is Janice, and that's J-A-N-I-S-R-Daily, D-A-L-Y, JaniceRDaily.com is my website. I'm also very active over on Facebook um, with an author page, Janice mm-hmm. Robinson Daily, and uh, Instagram as uh, Janice R. Daily Writer. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun chatting with you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show. And I know we've enjoyed listening to all these cool facts. Yes, this has been lots of fun having you on. Great. Well, I thank you, too. It's been wonderful to chat with you all and uh, chat wine and chat books and chat history. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And I'm going to have to check out your drink and oh, try yeah, to make same. it. Same. <laughs> we'll be downloading that. <laughs> yes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with our guest author, Janice Daly. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the rest of this season's lineup. Coming up, we have guest authors Rebecca Rosenberg and Vanessa Riley joining us. And Eliza will share with us some fascinating details about Elizabeth II's time in the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Service. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. For more information about today's episode, click on the show notes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HistoryBKSWine for additional historical tidbits and updates. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. That way you're notified every time a new episode is live. Subscribes and reviews help us get noticed. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our episodes published weekly on Tuesdays. Until next time. Cheers. And happy reading.